Hi, I'm Mant. And I'm her mom. And this is Mom, Mant, Books and Booze. This is the book club you have been looking for. Just a mother-daughter duo who enjoy reading and talking about books over drinks. We read the same books but have different outlooks. Come join us as we open a book, open a bottle, and open our minds. Hey, Mom. Hey, Matt. How are you? I am doing well. How are you? I am good. I see you are already sipping on today's drink. It's one of my favorites. Well, we're reading, we're talking about chapters 12 through 24 Mm -hmm. of The Winemaker's Wife by Kristen Harmel. 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 Kristen, we're sorry. We, We don't know how to say your name. I know. Yes, this book is fantastic. And for the first episode, we drank oddly, we drank a martini, a dry martini Mm. for the winemaker's wife. But today we are drinking what? Champagne. Champagne. Ours is sparkling wine because um, I did have this question um, from some people like what the what the difference is of sparkling wine and champagne but champagne is actually from champagne like it has to be yeah um, actually from champagne so. so sparkling if it's from anywhere else and they can say i was looking at bottles and it can say california champagne but it can't just say champagne oh uh, so you will get, catch that it's like you that it says champagne but california champagne so just be careful of that all right well i have um been saving this because if you watch Shit's creek i have been wanting to do this since we decided to read to to drink champagne while we read this chapter oh my god if you remember the episode i'm not even sure which what the full episode was about but twyla had champagne and she brought it over to the table and she put a raisin in it to release the bubbles yes i do <laughs> well as usual if you are a regular listener you know that most of the time we have these great ideas but we don't have all the stuff that we need so i have a craisin not a raisin and i'm gonna see if it really works if it releases the bubbles so are you ready yeah you guys can't see but samantha wait does that wait so releasing the bubbles means it bubbles up more it bubbles up more that's what twyla said on shit's creek and it has to be true. we have to believe twyla it does oh oh my gosh oh my god (gasps) and then the the oh. craisin is dancing all over the place. In it's the like bubbles. a lava lamp. It's covered. The craisin is covered with bubbles. It like, it, it, like you know, I see that as those ocean like geysers that you see. That's why uh-huh. it shoots off from the like craisin. That's, and it doesn't stop. No. It's still going. That is so cool. Twyla. Now, Twyla. What? What is the reason for releasing the bubbles? It's it's just like oxidating wine. I I I drink wine, but I don't understand like oxidating wine. I don't know. Okay. Are you asking me? 
Yeah, I am asking you. I, I believe you know everything. I do not. <laughs> so, um, now that we know that Twyla is like so smart, we can enjoy our our champagne, our sparkling wine. Um, if you are looking for a mocktail, hmm. then um, um, sparkling grape juice. Yeah. Well, um, my extended family really likes Martinelli's, which is a sparkling apple juice. We and they're not like they're not big drinkers, which is fine. Um, but every like big event, like Christmas and New Year's, we drink Martinelli's and a oh, sparkling okay. apple juice. And it's sparkling really apple it, juice. It's really, really good. Okay, I so think I like it better than sparkling grape juice. Well, next time you're with them, you're going to get a raisin out and see if it oh, works on the sparkling apple juice. I will have to. Because I have to give a quick update. The bubbles are still. I coming. know. And they're coming off like not like trickling. They are shooting off. They have not stopped since I dropped one craisin <laughs> into so I it. What a, I mean, this is only half a raisin technically. <laughs> Right. And it's like once in a while, a big bubble will come out. And that's so crazy. If one of our listeners is a scientist, <laughs> tell us yes, why. why does this work? And I have an even more important question. Yes. Does this make us super fancy to know this, this fact? <laughs> or does this make us like, I don't know, not fancy? I wonder if they did this. So that cheaper champagne looks more fancy because of the more bubbles. But what about the raisin in the bottom of the glass? I mean, or the top of the or, or the, the bottom or of the, the bottom glass? Of the glass. It's floating <laughs> up and down with the bubbles. It's like a it's like a garnish. It's like when you put a cherry. Sure. I mean, so if I, I want I, you to eat that. I want you to. I eat know, that. right? <laughs> so when I um when I dine with the queen. Mm-hmm. which is sure to happen in my okay. lifetime absolutely is it appropriate for me to ask for a raisin <laughs> sure pardon me what is that commercial about the the gray poupon pardon me do you have gray poupon i could say pardon me do you have a raisin <laughs> yes I absolutely like i want to release the bubbles in the champagne there you go i think you should go we should go to france go to champagne and you tell them i would like to release the bubbles with the raisin one of one of <laughs> you gonna grapes. say it with that accent yeah. <laughs> one of your grapes that didn't do just right put it right in there because yeah, that's so what a raisin is exactly so i guess we could put a little box of raisins in our purse <laughs> No, we'll add it to our charcuterie board. Mm. There we go. That's why there are raisins on our charcuterie boards. To release the bubbles in your champagne. I'm so excited. I'm, I wish Shit's Creek was still on because I could oh, love I could Shit's email Twyla and say thank you for the tip. Very cool. Oh, so good. And this book, and we, and I've realized, I was thinking about this as I was making my beautiful glass of champagne. Um, <laughs> what is that, this accent you're using today? I don't today? know. It's, it's like a of, Southern. There you go. A Southern. Nothing. French, French, <laughs> French snob. 
Southern French. Okay. Southern French. Um, but I really, we, we say we like books and we've been pretty honest. I think like we, we were pretty honest with like the Christmas story, how we were kind of heartbroken with it, but this book is one of those books that's really hard to put down. Um, Uh. you know, we, we were saying this was chapters 12 through 24 and it was really hard for me to stop after 24. Oh, I know because, and we don't really, we don't read ahead so or we try not to yeah we try not to because we want we want to get the same feeling you get like Mm -hmm. we want that new feeling when we're when we're talking about it but we have when we choose our chapters we just choose by how many numbers I mean chapters in the book it always falls at the perfect spot exactly it really does and um and this one was a perfect spot if oh it's just Oh, so let's get started. Uh, talking I just about don't this. know what to start with. Again, well, I want to start with the fact that, you know, I told you that I'm trying to um, up my French from high school. I took okay, three years okay. of French. I can't speak a whole lot, but sometimes I can read it like absolutely much better than than the, sp- the spoken word. <laughs> um, but I love I remember the first time we learned this word in in French class and I don't think the French teacher taught it I think we learned it somehow okay but um merde and it is um it's in this word it's in chapter 13 (laughs) yes um it means shit oh nice nice okay I was wondering um and I remember I've maybe our French teacher did tell us but I remember saying that all the time because I was cool like that (laughs) you know because like my mom didn't know French so I could go around the house going mattered I'm practicing my French like you know so it was fun to see that word in this book also when you're in high school the first thing you ask your teachers is like can you teach us cuss words oh yeah I remember that's what we did with our Spanish teacher you just want to know the words that you can get by with. Yeah, exactly. So um, that's just a little aside about my, my French well, excursion. Now, something that I forget about as I read, but we know it's going to happen. We found out in this section that Inez, Inez, how do we say However, we, however you, okay. like however you feel this way. Inez dies. And we know that. Yes, because Edith talks e- about it. Well, no. Um, when I Edith- thought the lawyer or, no, she hasn't talked about it yet. She's, Edith has told her, like, she's brought, that's where we left off is like, Edith is taking her to that house. Yes. But yes. someone, it was either the, like her restaurant's new owner or the lawyer who said her best friend was killed in these streets yes yes. um so we know she dies and (sighs) like i i love i have a love and hate relationship with knowing what's coming like i I like it because it's not like a (gasps) but i also don't like it because it's not a you know like right right but this I think right now Inez's character is 
kind of the most interesting for a minute. Well, yeah, she she had the affair first. She did. I think the Michael and Celine um, Celine were kind of flirting and that's what sent her in that direction because she saw yeah. them flirting it was like an emotional and she was just she was feeling um I don't want to say unworthy she was feeling um less than because she didn't mm-hmm. know the she didn't know about wine as much she she wasn't good at the things Celine was good at she was kind of well she was put, from a different world kind of she was and not that they poo-pooed her, but they kind of did. They did. They they, they sent her. They kind of paint. Yeah, they kind of patronized her. They outcasted her too. Like she felt not at home in her own home. Right. Right. So, um, and, and I'm not justifying that. the affair, but it no, no, set no. her up for when this guy shows her yes. all this attention. Now I have to say. I got a really icky feeling from him from the beginning. Oh, me too. Okay, good, good, good. Me too. He was a little too much. Like he kind of wanted himself. He had too many, like he was French, which at the beginning I was like, oh, thank goodness. Because I was scared. Yeah, she's going to get with a German. But as he starts talking, he has a lot of freedom. Way more than they, because, you know, they talk about fashion. He got more food and, yeah. He had a nicer apartment and, like, he talked about how, like, oh, I could walk you home. You know, like, he didn't worry about that stuff because we find out he's in with it. Yeah. And And he tries to justify to her why he's in on it. Well, and then, you know, I'm sure she is, but you start thinking he knew who she was because he knew that her friends, mm-hmm. I mean, he Celine. knew all this stuff mm-hmm. and he's just a creeper. I just, he is. And he's, and I want to know, I think it was Marie that he kept saying her name at, when he slept. Oh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I'm really wondering about that of like, I, I hope that comes back around and doesn't just fall into the right. plot. Um, obviously I really think he's going to be the reason she gets killed. I think he is. I think that was her, like, there's always a point in a plot where it was the choice that downfalled a main character. And I think her being with Anton was her well, downfall. And she even says that, like, on, on page 211, he's like, I knew you would understand, my darling. Um, now shall we go have dinner? I booked us a table or at Ardenois or however you say his name. Yeah. Inez hesitated. But when she looked into Antoine's eyes, there was no danger there, no malice. Yes, Inez said, and she knew that with that single word, she'd chosen a side, even if mm-hmm. she hadn't quite intended to. And when, <sighs> now I got like chills and like I did just didn't feel right when she broke off with him and he laid into her like, oh basically saying you are like you are betraying me Uh so your life's going to be crap now and isn't that when he started and threatening her and Celine like like I know who your friend is well also she kind of made a mistake because she 
she kind of fed off of him being like big and bad throwing out all his names you know she starts saying well you don't know who i know from the underground and that i Uh think i i when i was reading i was like no why would you do that because you know she's risking edith and her family she's risking you know the Michael. She's yeah, all she's of risking them. everything, and now Celine's pregnant. And yes, it's Michael's baby, but like, ah, yeah this this whole thing, this whole thing. Um, but then like, she knows she's messed up. Oh, absolutely. Like she's no, she knows it, and Edith needs her. Yes, she needs her help, and. I, I really liked the end of chapter because oh, I, I think at the end of uh-huh, chapter 21, mm-hmm. Inez kind of asked the universal question. Was it possible that one sin could stain your soul forever or mm-hmm. could one do enough good that a mistake of such magnitude could eventually be erased. Mm-hmm. I, I also love that saying. And I, I just, that's the universal question. Like when you do something bad, can you well, ever make it right? And uh, the brother that uh, um, that they, not fugitive, but they, they rescue basically him and his sister, Rachel, Samuel, uh-huh. and Rachel, Samuel tells, uh, like Inez basically says, no, I'm a terrible person. If you know what I've done, mm-hmm. you would also believe that. And he's like, but you're doing this. You're a good person. And I think to that universal question, you have to weigh things like, let's say giving a piece of pie to someone <laughs> is not the same as saving their life like yes right. they're both good but it's not the same and same with like killing someone and you know tripping someone that's not the same right right so I think her I mean affairs definitely not good but saving two people's lives two not just one uh-huh. two people's lives during a massive war I think they outweigh. Yeah, and I I think that we're all human, mm-hmm. and that there's a, there's a lot of you have to have a lot of grace in the world because we've been given so much grace. Absolutely. Um, but I just I think that yeah, she had an affair and it was bad, and she loose lips sink ships kind of thing. <laughs> you know, she's yeah. talking and stuff. But I think when you realize what you did was bad and wrong. Exactly. I think that everybody should have a chance to. Well, she knew. Turn around and make it right. You know, at least she's not. She's not making excuses. She's saying, oh, I messed up. And she even says to Edith, you can like, I understand if you hate me. You know, and Edith is like, you're never getting rid of me, basically. Um, Yeah, she's owned it from the beginning. She has. So. Um, I think that gives her a little more credibility and, um, and I, I like, I, I see, you can kind of see where the story is going. It seems that Inez is going to get way more into the saving the people because I Uh think she did not feel right about the guns because she was like, that gun's going to kill someone. I don't like that. But what she's doing, if she harbors or yeah, that's what 
Yeah. And yeah. helps people. Yeah. And helps people. Um, it's kind of, I mean, like through this pipeline, through this railroad, basically, um, mm-hmm. she's not killing anyone. She's just saving people. Right. So I think that's the side she wants to be on. And we, and I think this book for a while talks about sides, but I think there's more than two, you know, I think, in, oh yeah. You know, in the German side, uh, there are two sides. There are people that are for what the Germans are doing, like politically, uh-huh. but not what they're doing to the Jews. Right. So it is very like subjective to that. And then on the uh, um, resistance, there are two sides. There are people that really want to fight back and kill all Germans. And there are people that just want to save the people they're trying to attack. Yeah, I think I, I can't imagine this time in history. Oh my I just gosh. can't imagine it. And, um, how and, and books, I think about how these books make me feel. Like when I'm reading about this stuff, um, you know, we talked about the boy in the striped pajamas. And if you oh, haven't read that book, oh, we will not but, read that on our podcast. No, 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 no. But I think about the emotions that books about this topic pull out of me. And I'm thinking if I lived in that time, oh holy my gosh. cow, there would just be so much and there would be so much, there would be so many questions in my head going in and out and like mm-hmm. Edith talks about how Rams was basically destroyed in World War One already mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then in World War Two, it kind of comes back um and it's just and we have never seen that and I mean we talk about our generations a lot neither one of our generations has seen a war like that right and we've seen some bad stuff but we've seen one, bad things yeah. um but nothing like that to the extent where it's going over continents and like destroying everything. Yeah, uh, those world and wars. Someone yeah. ha- and someone having so much power over so many people, you know. Um, and that's that when I think about it, kind of feels false. You know, it kind of feels like it can't happen. Well, you know, I've said that several times about books when you read them, like. When you read science fiction, you Mm -hmm. know, but like when you read things that are so far removed from your history, like so far back, it's, it's almost like science fiction. Like you can't imagine I've, I've talked, thought about books like that. I read when I was young, like little house on the prairie. Yeah. That was so crazy. And you like you said, you couldn't believe people live like that mm-hmm. because we're so spoiled and, you know, we, we think back and, oh my goodness. Oh, well, what they went through and little technologies, like she couldn't, like when she ran away to Ram, she couldn't call Michael and say, Hey, I got here safely. He just hoped she did. I think about that all the time about, uh, like, he that's why he got so mad is like yes you took the car but also there are germans all over this road right i don't know where you're at and how i think about the fact like how does he have these contacts who does he talk to how do they communicate i have no idea yeah like how did they how did the people with the weapons find michael to do this Mm-hmm. like yeah I see what you're how saying how did he get the that, that's fascinating car. Isn't it? how did he get the car to pick up 
Samuel and Rachel. Like, uh-huh. how, I, and they don't talk about, and she doesn't talk about that in the book. And no. I'm kind of glad she doesn't because I think it's nice to have that wonder. Um, yeah. And that's, and I think that's a good part about historical fiction. And this is obviously a very new genre. I mean, to me, I don't know how many historical fictions, how many have you read? Um, some, it's not my, it's, it's never been my pickup and go-to, but it seems like over the years I've been drawn more to that. Yeah. And because like, I like to learn and I, I, you know, like you said, the technology, I keep my phone beside of me and like, I'm looking up stuff like, yeah. did that really happen? And like, if I look at this cover and we always say, don't juggle your book by his cover, but let's be honest. We, we look at covers. This is not a cover I picked up. Right. But the funny thing, the reason I picked it up is because it was a winemaker. And, you know, that's uh-huh. the whole gimmick of our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then as I saw that there was a 40s and a 2019 spoof, I love that because I really like, we read a couple more books where um, there were like time hops. And I, I like that because I think it gives so many different perspectives. Yeah, I, I like this. I'm I'm very interested to see who Liv's parents are. So her dad's dead. No, we right. know where Liv's parents are. Her dad's dead and her mom has a lot of boyfriends. But how are are they of any relation to this these people? Like so, I know they're Edith's children. No, 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 the dad is Edith's child. Right. So I wonder if that's Eduardo's son or if she had another husband yeah i'm interested to see how all that i wonder where their split happens that's what i'm wondering is when eduardo and edith split up is there has Mm -hmm. to be a split and i wonder where that happens um so there's a lot of things i'm excited for and we're on that last portion to where things are going to start wrapping up yes and and this is where i get um um, like I have to make myself stop, stop reading because I, it gets so good that I'm just like, okay, I gotta know. I gotta know. I gotta know. And I can't. Well, you want all the answers. We've gotten to that point where we want all the answers. We put our time, we put our effort. We're halfway through. Well, we're over halfway through and we just want answers now. Now. Yeah. We want it all tied up. I'm ready for Edith to stop with the plane around and tell Liv why she's there. Well, I'm so I, tired of that. <laughs> but you know, I think the last paragraph of this these chapters that we read, man, or the the last chapter of twenty three, the yes. last paragraph of twenty three, just kind of painted this picture for me. Liv slipped an arm around her grandmother, who didn't resist, and the mm-hmm. two of them stood there for a long time, each of them communing with their own ghost as they gazed out over the vines toward an infinite horizon i just love it well i loved when um what was it let me find it um when julian calls and she he asked her how is your grandmother um let me find it oh what was it she was clutching a window frame with white knuckles. 
staring at toward the vineyards and because she asked, is she okay? And he, and she says, honestly, um, I'm not sure because the, the expression, and I had to actually explain this to my students of white knuckles meant she was clutching that so Uh hard. And, and I don't think it was a stability. It was just that she was in a place where she hasn't been. And, um, I gotta say, Kristen, Kristen did so well. <laughs> you didn't say her last name. I know. Kristen, <laughs> avoid it. Um, Kristen did so well with making the grandma feel that ghost and those, those ghosts uh-huh. that she felt when she walked in, you know, she got a little woozy. Um, she kind of stepped off a little bit. Um, so I think she did it in a very well, way, a good way. She could have done it very cheesily, uh-huh. but she did it in a good way. I think so too. Yeah. Now, I think, you know, we haven't heard a lot about Theo. Like we've heard of some. Mm. He's kind of been a. Do you think he's a German? No, no, not that. I just think he's going to be a very pivotal character. I think he's going to be the make or break. Yep. Yeah, because at the end of um, chapter 24, you know, Michael even says. We think of things differently. And though I believe he would do anything to protect Celine, I'm not so sure that he has any allegiance to you and me. Mm-hmm. I I don't know how to feel about Theo. Um, I can definitely see that just because he's been such a background character for uh-huh. so long. Um, but I don't, I don't know. And we, we've already talked about this because, you know, we talk, um, <laughs> the Samuel, and Rachel, the first people they say, because I think there's uh-huh. going to be more, we think Samuel is Julian's grandfather mm-hmm. because he talks about being a lawyer and it's a family business. And he talks it's about the same last name, right? I don't remember the last name. Isn't it Cohen? Cohen? Oh, yes, C-O-H- it is Cohen. Yes, yeah. right. Oh, I just, I saw it when he said he was a lawyer. I didn't even catch the last name. Well, there you go. But, um, but I think you're right I think that. that. I think that's cool. I think that's why she's been with the family for like 70 something years. Uh-huh. And yeah. Julian promised his grandfather that he'd protect her. You know, like that. Yeah. Because so, she's like 99 years old I mean I mean yeah I mean even the people at the restaurant was like that can't be your grandmother because she'd be like 100 and she's like actually 99 (laughs) so yeah I I Edith is my favorite character she's spunky oh my god she doesn't she doesn't answer to anybody she doesn't um well once you hit 99 should you answer to anybody no no but I like the pizzazz she does it with. Yeah, like she oh, does yeah. it at her She's own pace. She's very classy. Yeah, and, and it's her own pace, her own time. Like she is dragging this out with Liv for some reason. I, like, and they she does say that she does it on her own time and she needs to feel it and all this stuff. And uh-huh. I'm like, just tell her. Just tell I, me. I think, You're not gonna tell her. I think she had an entire plan of setting up her and Julian. Because Julian has a kid without a mother and she yeah. always has wanted kids. Um, and then I think she wants her to move to Rams. Yeah. I think that's kind of the plan. 
or something. I don't know, but I'm I definitely think that's out. the border plan. Oh yeah, me too. I'm excited to learn more about the past and what happened, what unfolds to lead to Inez's death. Oh. Which I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be okay. I don't, I don't, think, I don't, I don't think, think I'm going to be okay either. I don't think I'm going to be okay. And eventually Inez is going to have to find out about the baby and Theo's uh-huh. going to find out about the baby. And then it's just going to, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be heartbreaking. I think this story is going to be a very heartbreaking ending, but a very cathartic ending. Maybe. Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Question mark. I don't know. Uh, this is it's so well written. I think Kristen Harmel is going to be one of my new favorite authors. So it should, yeah, it is a very well written book. I was a little nervous with the um, density of the book when we first got you it. You don't like thick books, is that? What I don't you're like thick to say books. in a nice way. Not with two C's. I do not like thick <laughs> books. Um, but this is not. This has not been bad. And I feel kind of proud. It's very proud. Like it's very rewarding to go through a book like this. Yeah, it's real. It's it's really, really good. Yeah. So um, there's just so many good stories. I'm excited for the next episode because we're going to unravel a lot. Yes. So um, send us your predictions, what you think, if you agree with anything that we've said, or if you have your own, we'd love to hear that. Um, at our email at mom.mant.b2 at gmail.com. Yes, we love to hear from you. Um, yes. Continue and- to like and share on Facebook. Yes, please do that. And please like and share on wherever you listen to your podcast. Comment, like on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. Yes, Spotify. Where? Anchor. Where? all the other places all the other places lots of places to listen to us absolutely and anytime you listen we want to thank you thank you thank you and um as always we hope you join us as we open a book open a bottle and open our minds thank you thank you